everybody. This is Brian. This is Dave. And this is Preview with a Prior. The show where we speculate about the upcoming episode of Better Call Saul. Often incorrectly. Uh, all right. So today, I guess we're going to speculate about episode 403. It seems weird that it's already three weeks into the, I guess, 10 episodes for season right? four. It always, flies, it always flies by so quickly. Well, it always feels like it flies by at the beginning because I feel like every year we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's episode 405. And then by the time 409 comes around, we're like, oh, my fucking God, 409, one more to go. <laughs> Right, it, it, it like it, it seems simultaneously long and short at the same time. It's the weirdest phenomenon. That is what she said. Indeed, indeed. Timely joke. Timely joke. All right. So, Dave, drop the jingle. We're doing some listener correspondence. Listener correspondence. First off, we're going to start with Reddit. Not that big of a fan of Reddit, but they have a good community for Better Call Saw. It's pretty awesome. And, and uh, one thing they definitely hate is when people spam their their like endeavors. Like if I post our podcast, I do it there sparingly because people just downvote and not like it just for the fact that you're promoting something on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Plus okay. the fact a lot of those people probably think we suck, which it, which is cool too. But um, they wouldn't be wrong. Right. They wouldn't be wrong. But I do peruse it every once in a while just to see what people are saying about Better Call Saul because people bring up a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, good points on there. But yeah, it's I was never... say, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it's a pretty efficient resource to tap for mm-hmm. a large, yeah, large community of people that are probably way more into it than we are, even. Right, and, right, and, and and yeah. So right. uh, well, so one of the one of the folks that wrote something super interesting his his username on Reddit is. Minmo the cat, Minmo the cat user on Reddit. And I, I asked him if I could use his, uh, his comment just because it's cool to give people credit, right? Like credit on know, Reddit. Yeah. Credit on Reddit. So it, he, the title of the thread he made is a breaking bad character returned tonight and no one noticed. So pretty intriguing, right? Okay. 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 Oh, so, is it about Gus? Go ahead. What do you mean? <laughs> How Gus is more the Breaking Bad Gus and not the Better Call Saul Gus. No, no, no. So I'm just going to read Minmo the Cat's post, and it'll explain everything, okay? So this is Minmo the Cat on Reddit. Big props to him letting us use this on the show. So Minmo writes, During Arturo's death, one of Gus's background goons was played by Eric Steinberg, an actor who played one of Gus's goons in two episodes during Breaking Bad Season 4. He appeared oh. in the episodes Problem Dog and Bug. He is the goon who gets shot in the head by a cartel sniper in front of Jesse, who they later melt in an acid barrel. His name appeared in the credits as Nick, meaning they brought this super obscure character from Breaking Bad to Better Call Saul, and gave him a name. How crazy is this? According to IMDb, he is appearing in seven episodes this season. This is so cool to me. The idea of fleshing out Gus's goons with names and more history is great. What do you guys think? And then, of course, he goes on to pro- uh, post proof of the pictures of both the scenes in uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and mm. uh, in the credits. And he also writes, also directly behind Jesse in the Breaking Bad pic that he posted is Chris Marla, the goon that Lydia tried to kill, uh, tried to get to kill Mike in season five of uh, wow. Breaking Bad. 
Hopefully he appears in Better Call Saul too. So I found this post particularly really impressive because beyond all the bullshit on Reddit, that is a really, really good spot. That is, that is, and it wasn't like that was posted yesterday. That was posted within minutes of the show ending. So Minmo the cat was just that sharp. He did that research. And from what I could tell is the absolute first person to point that out. So not only kudos to him for being like that on the ball and hardcore, but yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy that, uh, the attention to detail (laughs) for the prequel bringing in an, an unnamed character and giving him a name and a history and bringing back the very same actor. That's the whole scenario here. I find particularly impressive. Did I ever tell you that my Reddit username is Minmo the cat? It is not. Shut up. <laughs> that no, would be not at all. No, that is impressive. And it almost makes me think maybe this is a, a podcaster or something. There's somebody that gets an advanced screening and has had time to look that up. Maybe. But, uh, or like a, just a super super fan, because right, wow. right, right, yeah, right, yeah. That's just so uh, Minmo the cat. Great job, big man. ups, uh, big ups, yeah. and that catch. Nice, nice snatch, as I like to say. Nice snatch. Totally. So also remember we said uh, we never found out if Jimmy brought Mexican food or Thai food back from the restaurant. Yeah, we're idiots, and uh, because it, it couldn't have been more obvious <laughs> in the show. If it had a big neon sign with an arrow pointing to it. I can't believe neither of us saw the most obvious thing and then brought it up as if it was a question of how it concluded. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. Was it was it Mexican food or Thai food? Well, according to Cooter's Garage on our Twitter feed, uh, it, it was Thai food. And it was oh. because I went back and rewatched it. And it's very obvious that he walks in with Thai food and soup. And it even references how he gets Thai tea. how he's gonna divvy it up and the whole and so as i'm posting uh as i'm posting the episode it that scene is airing on amc because i I like watching it when it airs on the tv as well uh mainly because i like viewing like i i think about what we recorded on the podcast and then what goes on on the tv show and a lot of times i could pick out specifically where we're going to be wrong and it's mm-hmm. and and I'm like, man, how the hell did we miss the <laughs> both of us <laughs> missed the super obvious yep. thing and try to be try to be glib about it on the podcast? And uh, no, it was actually it was actually explained. <laughs> um, quick quick correction by Theo ID Man on Twitter. He the writes old, us, it's the old man. He, yeah, he wrote he us to correct us. It's <laughs> the old man. Uh, Noah Cutler on our Twitter feed um, uh, agrees with us. It seems like the big buzz of the episode was the episode, uh, or it was the scene between Patrick Fabian and Ray Seahorn. Yeah. Right. A lot of people talking about that. Uh, Noah Cutler on Twitter says, there is a scene with uh, Patrick Fabian and Ray Seahorn. This is a masterclass in acting on Better Call Saul. In particular, a reaction Howard does that is so genuine and in character. And uh, I'm not really sure what accent he's particularly talking about, but I, I, I think yeah, he's probably there, referring to kind of how befuddled he was. I, I just watched that scene. Remember I told you uh, we had to wait 10 minutes because I wanted to watch another scene again? Mm-hmm. That was a scene I had to watch. And uh, there, there's, a mo- there's a movement. There is a, I don't know, he like tenses up in shock or something when she starts to like accost him. 
Mm-hmm. And I think I know what he's, yeah, that's kind of what he's talking about. There's, it's this very genuine moment. Like I said, it almost seemed like, you know, they weren't even acting at that point. They were just feeling emotions. <laughs> emotions! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so remind totally. me later. Remind me later that I have thoughts on that scene that I want to expound on after we get through the listener correspondence. Okay, can do. But uh, yeah, uh, and plus, I just want to give uh, Noah Cutler a big shout out for um, a big shout out for uh, participating in our Twitter feed. There you uh, go. Thank our you. buddy Thank Brant, you so much. Our buddy Brant and you uh, corrected me on my pronunciation of Ig- Ignacio. It is pronounced Ignac- Ignacio. Ig- Ignacio. 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 Yeah. I, I I had been letting it slide because, as I said on Twitter, that was my my name. Like in high school Spanish, you you choose a Spanish name. So mm-hmm. I was Ignacio because I wanted everybody to call me Nacho. Nice. And uh, I never, yeah, I've never corrected you on the pronunciation because I don't know, just didn't want to. Or like I said, I correct you enough. So right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek. I'm just kidding. Uh, beautiful or nerd I'm, oh. on Twitter says, "Goofy observation." Uh, Jimmy seems afflicted with the exact opposite issue as Chuck. Jimmy displays an affinity for electronic devices, coffee maker, juicer, copy machines, remote control devices. Uh, I, I never thought of it like that, but that, that's an excellent point. He's like a millennial before there were millennials. Yes. He was. He, yeah. He walks around like he crosses the street, staring down at his toaster. Doesn't look for oncoming right. traffic. <laughs> He's out catching Pokemon right now. Yeah, never talks to anybody. <laughs> never, never talks to anybody. Always just hanging out with the waffle That's iron. Right. That's it. If you call, if you call him, he'll hit the hang up button and text you back. What? What do you want? <laughs> uh, <laughs> F F Koreshi from TV Time app. We forgot about we forgot about the TV Time sometimes, but yes, we are on TV Time. Uh, also, with our Rick and Morty podcast, we're the official TV Time podcast for Rick and Morty and. It's all good, man. So if you guys don't have TV time, uh, make sure to download it on your phone. It's basically an app where you can converse, uh, well, converse and share ser- theories and uh, and opinions. It's a forum. Uh, yeah, it's a forum where you, uh, about your favorite TV show. So make sure that you download the TV time app. Uh, there's uh, supporters of our stupidity, and it's really cool that they put us on there and give us the audience. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like Reddit, except Brian doesn't hate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, F. Koreshi also points out, he says, so you guys were wondering what type of food Jimmy brought back? I think that it might have been Thai because he mentions that he got them Thai iced teas. He doesn't mention the actual food, but it stands to reason that if he got the Thai iced tea, then he probably got Thai food as well. Now, F. Koreshi, I, I think he sent us a couple comments last season, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm just saying he probably wrote that kind of snarkily. <laughs> snarkily. <laughs> I, I, I it, it's really hard to pick up sarcasm through uh, text, but yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say we deserve that one mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. And uh, I just wanted to give out a shout out to uh, my Vogon Poetry, Brian K. and Jeffrey Pantaleon on TV Time for following our feed on there. Thank you guys. That's super cool of you to uh, follow us on TV Time. And uh, I encourage. I encourage you if you're if you're listening to preview with a prior. I, I encourage you to uh, send us your comments and thoughts and follow our Twitter feed. A lot of great people on Twitter. Uh, Jen S from YouTube 
points out that Crazy Eight is actually a children's clothing store. They are the sister company to Jambor or Jimboree. Oh, really? I didn't. I, there were other people that had commented as such, but that was the most yeah. detailed one, I guess. But for the record, the first one I saw was Jen S on YouTube. She actually commented shortly after the the episode nice. went live, and of course, uh, some of our buddies on Twitter pointed that out as well. Yes, yeah, so our bad for making assumptions. So uh, Reginald got to us old school through uh, email, which I was kind of happy to see. He's actually sent me quite a few almost essays. <laughs> for for the emails uh which is super cool i i'm totally okay with that because uh, i like reading it and um but one of the things uh in one of his in one of his emails that he sent me is a good point right uh because we always talk about like jimmy being a nice guy and i think that we sometimes forget that he becomes even though we know he becomes Saul goodman we kind of forget like what a dick Saul goodman kind of is right uh-huh. You're right. And um and so like, you know, through Better Call Saul, everybody's kind of been endeared to Jimmy and a portion of his letter. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but it's a good point. It says, Those of us watching have gotta come to grips with the fact that a part of Jimmy slash Sal and maybe even Gene enjoys the power of inflicting pain on others. Huh. So that's I I mean I think I think we've kind of mentioned that a few times, but like well that this, would explain the, the you know the reaction after Howard's confession for sure. Yeah, exactly. And and the way he reacted to the uh, the salesman uh, job with the copy copy place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we uh, I have some uh, I have a lot of people talking about what that scene meant as well. Maybe we can get into it a little bit later if we circle around back to it. But thank you for your email, Reginald. Super cool of you to reach out to us uh, via email. You can do that at host at it's all good dot com or nothing important podcast at gmail dot com or even host at nothing important podcast dot com. That'll get right to us. Uh, I just nice. wanted to give out a shout out to uh, J Man from the other ground forums. Uh, I host the uh, Better Call Better Call Saul thread on there, where me and my uh, mixed martial art online nerd buddies kind of chat about Better Call Saul on the off-topic forum. And J Man uh, gives us shouts out shout outs all the time and posts our website on the other ground forum. So uh, J Man nice. from uh, the OG, fuck the OG, and thank you so much for um, thank you so much for supporting us on there. And with that. I believe is probably the longest. And let's not forget, Brian, my favorite comment possibly of the season. It's going to be hard to top Mm -hmm. from our boy mall of America. (laughs) Yeah. Regarding the hospital opening scene, everyone knows the best way to scrape a foot to collect a test sample is to turn the patient upside down, (laughs) (laughs) which obviously I would agree with. And Brian would argue with you about Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and let's uh, not forget to raise the pant leg. Well, well played. Well played, Mall of America, you glorious <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> that was so funny to me that I had to text Brian to say, mm. I cannot stop laughing at that comment. I laughed at that comment all day. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. So what was good. the... Uh, I got a feeling that's going to become the running joke this year. What, what was the running joke? It was some. Well, I remember in season two, it was something about a crack on the wall or a cactus or something. The cactus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
The uh, bullet the hole in the cactus or something. Yeah, there was some other one too at one point, but it, but for all intents and purposes, we'll just go with the flipping it over to fix it thing. <laughs> we we can run with that this year. Yeah, so, that's <laughs> pretty damn funny. All right, so uh, great job, everybody. Thank you for uh, participating in listener correspondence with us. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at ISGM Podcast. You can find us at itsallgoodman.com. Hit us up through email. I've already gave that address five times throughout this week. YouTube, Facebook, and, of course, TV time. Listener correspondence. Participate. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're idiots. You know the drill. Tell us why we're right. Tell us why we're right. That's. I mean, we could we can we could stand some positive reinforcement and some love mm-hmm. too, which we we do get. Every everyone's pretty so. awesome. Yeah, our Absolutely. fans are awesome. Yeah. So okay, here we go. Episode four hundred three. Uh, everybody saw four hundred two. Everybody's talking about the Ray and uh, Patrick scene. Uh, right. You know, and uh, Dave, you had some thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, after rewatching, my takeaway. Mm-hmm. from that scene mm-hmm. follow me on this brian okay yeah yeah so my takeaway from this scene other than the amazing acting jobs is that kim is actually wrong and mm-hmm. she's insisting that you know chuck didn't kill himself and howard is actually right why would chuck write a letter to jimmy coincidentally right before he died if he didn't kill himself and is the mm-hmm. one last screw you little brother from beyond the grave Deep down, to me, that says she knows Chuck killed himself, so she just being vindictive towards Howard and trying to throw that back into his face, too, knowing that Chuck did kill himself, because Jimmy also told her this isn't right, all the stuff's in the backyard, something's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just get a letter I, like, I just happened to die five days ago, <laughs> so here's a letter to my little brother. Yeah. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, twice if you're a Buddhist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I think what's going on there, that's that's a great way to put that. Okay. So I think what's going on there is that Kim is just kind of, uh, Kim is just kind of down to be a ride or die bitch, as the kids say nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. she, 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 I feel she was a little off put by Jimmy laughing and whistling and, and everything we discussed at the end of episode 401, right? But yeah. she also, she also loves him, right? Right. So it's like, so I, I think, I think she's just looking out for the interest of Jimmy because she loves Jimmy, uh, even though she knows that he's not exactly the most pious of individuals. If right. that makes sense, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, good, good, good point. And I, you know, I, I. That thought actually, I remember that kind of crossed my mind, but like sometimes I tend to look at stuff a little too deep and I'm like, no, but I'm glad you brought that up because that, that's kind of validation. So good, good point there. So yeah I, yeah, I would say, I would say she's totally, she knows what's going on. She knows the truth and she feels it, which is, which also, which also, I guess to me puts that scene in 401 it gives it even it gives it even more credence to her being a little befuddled because she knows that Chuck killed himself. Right. And she also she also throws where his brother died screaming at mm-hmm. Howard when they were clearly told he died of smoke oh. inhalation. Oh yeah, she's she's just trying to twist a knife. 
She's yeah. just trying to, yeah, she's, because she has her own animus of sorts towards Howard, as we found oh, out yeah, in the series, she, right? I recently watched uh, 305, the uh, mm-hmm. the um, chicanery episode, and mm-hmm. she's, she keeps trying to stick it to Howard, and, and you know, we, we noted the little, all the little confrontations, or where she, where she does mm-hmm. kind of swell up and, you know, puff her chest yeah. out a little bit at him. She, Sit down, she's, you know. She smells blood in the water, man. This is her chance to pile on. Maybe she's not quite the uh, kind-hearted, pious, to use your word, um, upstanding lawyer that we were making out to her, making her out to be as well. Well, she's not because remember uh, season one, I believe, or maybe it was season two. She also enjoyed scamming people with Jimmy. The thing yeah, is, though, that, I think that was season two. Yeah, yeah, she had to pull it back though, right? She had to right. She she had the ability to pull it back where Jimmy did not. Jimmy doesn't her, her, have that. Her line, her line is a little closer to the vest than, than Jimmy's. Her moral center is a little more <laughs> towards the rest of the people in the world than Jimmy's. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Exactly. She's not she's not as sociopathic. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? <laughs> so the, the question, question is, is, where do these characters go in the next episode? Well, I'm wondering about this letter. I, I, I don't want Jimmy to happen across the letter and, you know, the typical like, oh, what's this? And he reads it because then he, that can go a lot of places. He can fight with Kim about it. Why didn't he show this to me? Or you like know, the whole like, oh, golly me. gee whiz. Now I have a change of heart or kind of bullshit. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do feel like this letter is important. Mm-hmm. And and I think it will come into play later. I think it has to. I don't know if that's going to be a throwaway. So are thing. you? So based on your comments earlier in this podcast, are you are you are you feeling like the letter was written by Howard himself? I am wondering that, and I was going to mention that too. Is is did Howard write this letter? Um, oh, because when if- when when she throws it at Howard that you just did to 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 do it for yourself and he says no that's another moment of like well that was kind of like good acting and in character maybe he wasn't doing it you know because he always admires chuck's quest for the truth no matter what Mm -hmm. so he would want the truth to be out there which makes me think he wouldn't fabricate this letter but he could it's it's gonna be interesting to see i think it's gonna come up again but we don't we're wrong a lot what if it and and this might be like uh this might be uh, a little too abstract, right? But but hear me out on this. So he basically tried okay. to buy Jimmy off for his portion of the money with five thousand bucks, right? Right. What what if the letter was fraudulently made by Howard, and that somehow screws the law firm and Howard in particular from getting any of his cut? of Chuck's money because Howard gave up all, a lot of his money to buy out Chuck. He might've been yeah. able to recoup it after Chuck's death. He creates a fraudulent letter to try to make Jimmy feel better, you know, like kind of by proxy because he, because he feels Howard feels guilty about the death of Chuck. So he's trying to make himself feel better by giving Jimmy some sort of weird closure through a fraudulent letter, which would also help Howard recoup his losses, which ends up, fucking over the entire law firm because it's a convoluted plot. And what if that happened? I can't think of anything that he could put in the letter. Like 
to to have any legal ramifications against HHM. If it's just a letter, then that doesn't really mean anything. Like, oh, so Howard wrote the letter, big whoop. Like, because there's no legal implications. Unless, I'm, I'm just uh, unless, unless like Chuck never set up the scholarship fund, and or uh, or, or it shows like a pattern. Or it shows a pattern of fraud for like some sort of like legal dispute that they get into for the money that that Jimmy is actually owed from Chuck instead of that five thousand dollars, because Jimmy hasn't cashed a check yet, right? What if Jimmy tries to get more, right? And then it goes into this hmm. big whole thing, and now it, it's a pattern of fraudulent behavior by Howard. Maybe that'll expose more fraud. Who knows? I I I because Kim kind of thinks that he's Kim thinks Howard's smarmy. Does he think he's smarmy? Yeah, especially after the way he treated Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you could be onto something. I, I like that theory. I think it's very possible. It's possible. I might not be. Sure. I might. Maybe I'm not exactly on the right path, but maybe because th- they're obviously say, has something more to do with the letter, right? And I, I feel I think like you may be you may be headed in a good general direction. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. So. Like like you're trying to get to LA and your company you're just going west. So you're kinda right. on the right direction, but you may end up in Albuquerque. Right. <laughs> and then my guitar will get stolen <laughs> at the gas station. <laughs> oh, shut up the hap- Yeah, I know. You gotta bring that up. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Funny thing is, is that I've been I want some Albuquerque isotopes gear, but it just keeps reminding me of Albuquerque. Everything reminds mm. me of Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I look at acoustic guitars. That got mm-hmm. stolen from my car when I was moving to Arizona. Yeah. Moment of silence. Okay. Moving on. Back at it. Yeah, moving <laughs> on. So <laughs> so um so that's that's where I think that that possibly might be headed. It's very uh, interesting. It's very because all I'm saying is that it's gonna be something you actually have a theory and uh mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see how it plays out. Let's see how it yeah. plays out. Let's do that. Uh, Mike, where where does Mike go from here? Because he, he didn't have too much going on in the well, last he's gonna, episode. He's, he's, he's going to go inspect some more warehouses. <laughs> what if that was his whole character arc? This whole, whole season is just him going into warehouses right. and testing Cause, their security. Because it ended with Jimmy calling and offering him a job, right? In, in relation to that uh, Hummel figure. Right. What if Mike's just like, nah. And then you just see him like working the gate at the magical, <laughs> the magical <laughs> So he made the most roundabout move ever. <laughs> do you think, okay, well, do you think Mike's going to take the job? Do you think he's going to, do you think he would go uh, steal? Um, the, Do you think he would go steal the figurine for Jimmy? Because. He's got, you know, 10 grand a week rolling in, but that's just laundering his own money. So he still needs to make money. Am I? Ah, right? uh, okay. So am I wrong in this? Okay. So what, because it's been so many seasons and, and, uh, I have uh, a lot going on a lot of the time. So I don't remember things too clearly. Did it, wasn't it established that Mike kind of had like a, for what he does, doesn't he have a very principled stance on things? Like yes. he's not a common thief, right? There has to be some legitimate he's, reason. He's not a he's not a mercenary. Right. He he, yeah, he 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 won't do something just for the money, right? Right. I I thought his whole deal was he had like an ethos to him. Yeah. So I would say 
probably probably not because Mike has like this weird like principled stand about the crimes he commits and I think this like petty theft would would be beneath him. You know what I mean? Plus, like it it would well, have to be had- like for a bigger either for yeah. a ridiculously large payday or a bigger reason. I mean, unless we find out that I, something about Irene that's that this Hummel figurine is somehow going to put into motion some scenario that this Hummel figurine is going to put into motion. I, I have a hard time thinking that Mike would just commit some sort of petty theft. I'm I'm almost this is freewheeling. This just occurred to me mm-hmm. that what if Mike turns it down and then Jimmy either tries to get it himself or hire somebody else. And that because that can go really wrong, especially if Jimmy's breaking into a place that he just interviewed for a job, you know, a couple oh. days ago. What if he tries to hire Nacho? <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or he would who go to the vet? I think he would go to the vet. Maybe this is where your boy Bill Burr comes back. Oh. He already hired he already hired Huel for a job. That's right through the vet. Oh, good call. And remember, the vet was like, does he need to get into a small space? And he's like, no. Well, maybe now he needs somebody that gets into a little bit tighter of a space. Ah, it's Kubi. And then Kubi makes his appearance, yeah. Ah, okay. Ranting and raving about, you know, Philadelphia okay. fans or something. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's, that's a great idea. Okay, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to go with no, but I'm not really sure. I, I'm going to go with yeah. no, Mike doesn't do the job, but I'm not really sure where it goes from there. But I, I, what, what if Jimmy went back begging for the job that he basically told him to piss off as a means to try to get, <laughs> then he leaves with the figurine that tells him. Yeah. Like go, goes, again. goes, goes back the next day. It's like, God, you know, guys, I'm, I'm really sorry. And then creates some sort of scenario where he could just take it off the shelf or get into the, get into the shadow box <laughs> and take it. You never know. What if Never he brings know. the film crew? Because we haven't seen the cameraman and the sound guy in a while. That's right. That's right. Well, they were in last season, but. Yeah. All hmm. right. So uh, I guess lastly, what about Ignacio? Ig- Ignaz- Ig- 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 Ignaz. So my, my whole fat tongue lisp thing here is hurting me. Okay. Just, Ig- just, say, na- just say nacho. No, I am determined now. Ignasti. Ignacio. 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 Not that hard, Ignacio. Ignacio. Am I am I putting an S in it? I feel to me I sound like I'm putting like a bigger S in it. Ignacio. Is that better? But now yes, it sounds it like I said Ignacios, like it's some sort of weird cereal. Like Ignacio. Yes, Ignacios. Yeah. He uh, okay. so Nacho is gonna come up with his own cereal called Ignacios. Right. And then there'll and, be like uh, Ignacio's. And, and you, don't, with, you don't pour milk in it, you pour in nacho cheese. Oh. Uh, that sounds gross. <laughs> Not, no, and then there'd be like, no, they look like, so the cereal would look like uh, little corn chips. And then <laughs> it, it is little corn chips. Right. Okay. But hear me out. Right. <laughs> but then there would be, that would just be plain, right? Like that would be Ignacio's cereal. Then there yeah. would also be Ignacio's with marshmallows. And the marsh, <laughs> you know how Lucky Charms has the five different shape of marshmallows. You know, there's like green, green clover, purple diamonds, right? For yeah. him, for Ignacio's, it would be like 
black olives and cheddar cheese and <laughs> dollops of sour cream, green peppers and chives. Bam. Ignacio's with marshmallows. See, I, I thought you were going to go with like the marshmallows would be like green dollar bills, red blood splats, uh, black handguns, well, uh, that, white bags of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be, um, you know how they have special edition version of cereals? Like right now, <laughs> yeah. when they add the extra three marshmallows to get you to buy them, yeah. Right, right, right now, I literally have a case, and I'm not really sure how this came to be, but I have a case of uh, blueberry maple pancake Captain Crunch. <laughs> so it's like. The only thing that really makes it a Captain Crunch cereal is the fact that Captain Crunch is on the <laughs> on the cover. It, it doesn't really resemble any Captain Crunch other than Captain Crunch is on the cover and maybe shape. So the the dollar bills and like switchblade and blood splat <laughs> blood splatter marshmallows, <laughs> that would be like one of the special limited edition version of the Ignacios. Perhaps the Halloween edition for the fall. <laughs> that way it's festive oh that's uh it's festive and uh topical yeah um that'd be ridiculous <laughs> so where so where so where where does uh where does nacho go because he kind of got like shang sung by gus so where where does he go like what's his next move what what does he do because now he has to explain he has to explain uh the death of Arturo. Uh, Arturo. Right? Arturo's churros are the uh the partner. No, they're the candy. <laughs> Ignacio's but, and Arturo's churros. Oh, that'd be awesome. Or it's just the Arturos. <laughs> Arturo <laughs> Arturos and Ignacio's. <laughs> yeah, we're idiots. Uh I don't know. I honestly I, I got nothing on that because it's so you know, it's such a cliffhanger and mm -hmm. it's, it's such a messed up. It was completely unexpected. It caught me off guard. Uh, I, I have no idea. Like what the hell is he going to do? Does he have to go talk to his dad? Does he have to go explain things to Hector Salamanca? Is he in charge right. now? I think he's like running the ship now. So Gus has now taken the leader of the Salamanca gang and he now controls both parties. But I, I get the feeling that he was kind of just a muscle, right? Because the brother, the the murder twins, they're the muscle. I always because they don't even oh, yeah. talk. How are they going to give? How are they going to give any instructions? Grunting. And I, I just, which is what Hector did in Breaking Bad. Maybe maybe not <laughs> maybe not being a leader, but I I feel like they impose. I guess where I was going with that is they kind of impose their will more. Like they can impose their will more. You know, I mean, I get it. They're the enforcers, but I would think if you go down the family line, the actual nephews of of Hector probably has a higher standing than than but they're Nacho. never at like but they're only there when needed like Nacho's okay. always there Nacho mm -hmm. is a much more integrated member of the family or I think I would I think he's the highest ranking member of the Salamanca gang that's not incapacitated or dead at this point yeah I guess that's that's true right because um Yeah, that's true because uh, Tuco's in jail, right? Yeah. Oh, what if he gets out? How long does he go to jail for? Isn't he up for parole? Like now, it, it was it wasn't that long, right? His sentence, 
Because essentially, it, what happened when wasn't it like um, wasn't it like five years? And if you have to serve like you know eighty percent of five years is like three years, and that's like right mm-hmm. about now. Ah, yeah, maybe, maybe, mm. yeah, and maybe. Know. So maybe this does. Maybe you were right when I was calling you out about the whole. It wasn't me. It was Ignacio thing. Maybe it has something like Tuco comes out, and now Tuco wants some answers or whatever, or finds something out, or like Gus tries to pin them against each other by saying, hey, Tuco, this is what Nacho did, and then, you know, have Adam, and just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, stoking fires and, and letting shit burn. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. So, I, I don't have any theories about that, but, but, I'll bet you our listeners do. So, Probably. any... Anybody out there, please, Dave and I, we, we've kind of stumped each other. Where does Nacho go from here? Because we can't think of any uh, great theories except for stupid jokes about Arturo's and Ignacio cereals. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, let us know what you think. Please hit us up on Twitter at uh, ISDM Podcast. You can hit us up uh, at uh, host at assaultgoodman.com, host at nothingimportantpodcast.com, Facebook, uh, TV Time app, which is super cool of you people on TV Time. Um, probably carrier pigeon. I've seen a few smoke signals. Uh, Morse code. Sign, Morse code. Uh, sign language. I, and then a Morse code decoder because I don't know how to read Morse code. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> singing telegram. I would take a singing telegram all day. Yes, that would be actually amazing. That that would be amazing. We hear that you've been down your luck. I'm a nurse well, that likes to. Like what if what if a singing what if it was like Jonathan Banks delivering the singing telegram? Well, here he's quite actually quite the singer. Really? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah, didn't he do like musicals and stuff? Wasn't that? Uh, uh, I don't didn't, know. Didn't but Fab lay that on us one time? Maybe, maybe. But wait, wouldn't that be awesome though? Like Jonathan Banks like knocks on the door, and he'd probably just be like, "Here." And then, like, throw whatever he's supposed to read at you. And then walking away mumbling how he can't believe that, <laughs> that he did, that he he went through with it. <laughs> Hating his life. Hating his life. Oh, I wanted to throw in also, speaking of uh, speaking of Mike, is that his, his whole security check thing can definitely lead to some adverse reactions from people that don't really know what's going on. So mm-hmm. even though Gus told Lydia to get him a badge... If he decides to do something without getting a badge first, that could turn out kind of bad too. Yeah. Now that like yeah, he crosses I, like a real security guard or like you know somebody that is really trying to protect the place or something, <laughs> right? And, and so they start delving in, right? Delving, see, and that's where uh, that's where reach for the stars is somehow it's somehow foreshadowing. <laughs> it's gonna be a security guard like reach for the sky, Mister. Yeah, <laughs> like like Woody from Toy Story, which exactly okay, like Woody from Toy Story, which was made by Pixar, who made Incredible Two with stars Bob Odenkirk and Jonathan Banks. Full circle, bam. Thank That's you. Like four degrees of Kevin Bacon. Thank you, thank you. Feel free to insert like an applause sound effect right here as I as I as I thank myself. Thank you. I- I'm Thank not you. going to, but I'm gonna have. I'm gonna leave in the part where you tell me to do that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well. All right, guys. This is getting ridiculous now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys after uh, 4:03. We'll have it up as the credits roll. That's the goal, anyway, Dave. 
So with that, thank you for listening. Keep up the listener correspondence. And Dave? Here's your applause break. Thank you.